Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. Praise God. Isn't he worthy to be exalted and, and lifted up and magnified? The Lord is worthy of our praise and worship tonight. Amen. Do you love him? Do you love him? Yes, amen. Praise God. I love him. I love to praise the Lord. God's a good God. I said he's a good God. Yes, he is. He's the mighty God. He deserves my praise. Yes, he does. In the good times and the bad times, he still deserves all the praise. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. So good to be able to be in the house of the Lord and thankful that the Lord of the house is here also. Amen, amen. Quick announcement, and then we'll go into the text tonight. <clears throat> we do have uh, some boxes that we are preparing, some food boxes that we want to deliver to people that are in need uh, next week. And this is, if you know anyone that could benefit from a food box, it's not, uh, it's, it's not just for those that are extremely socioeconomically challenged or anything like that. This is if you know somebody that could benefit. And just even if they, maybe financially, they don't need, perhaps, but this would be an open-door avenue uh, for you to say, hey, our church is doing some food boxes. We just want to show you that we care about you. Right. So if there's somebody that you care about, and I'm hoping that somebody is cared by you, Amen. Amen. Uh, then we need to get their name as soon as possible. Please let us know. Um, where's the lady? She works on at my school, and uh, she she could be benefited by her and her boys. Her family could benefit from this. So we're gonna. She's on the list, and uh, but we don't have very many names actually on the list. So either y'all don't know anybody. Not just in need, but anybody. Um, but if there's anybody that maybe you're like, I'm not really sure. Why don't you pray, spend some time, and ask God to put somebody on your heart. Maybe God could use this to minister to them. Amen. So, um, <clears throat> and then we will deliver. You can tell us where we need to deliver it to. We will be more than happy to deliver it for you. Uh, we'll take care of all that. If you would like to deliver it yourself, you're more than welcome to do that. Um, no pressure either way. We just want to be a blessing. Amen. Praise God. And I'm, I'm excited, but, you know, we have, we've never done this type of outreach like this before, but hey, whatever works to save somebody's soul, that is the most important thing. Amen. And so we're just thankful that we want, you know, Jesus did say when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. I think sometimes the church forgets that verse. <clears throat> Well, I do. I'll be real. He said, go out to the highways and byways and compel them to come. Whatever it takes. Amen. And I, I stopped praying for people that are, for backsliders, for their road to hell to be easy. A long time ago, I stopped God to make that road as rough and tough, as many potholes as you possibly can put in their path 
to get them back on the straight and narrow. Amen. In the house of God. <clears throat> Praise God. Amen. Good to see everybody here tonight. And uh, they were singing about everybody will be happy over there. Guess what? We can even be happy here, you know. Every, every once in a while, you ought to tell your face about it and smile. <laughs> Amen. Good to see Brother Shockley. Amen. He slipped in here. God bless you. Amen. Great, great, faithful man. And uh, you know, from Greater Bakersfield. And he's got family here. And uh, we just so honored to have you with us tonight. And uh, again, uh, I would encourage every um, parent or grandparent, if you've got children in the home, make sure they are here at YCC Friday night. Amen. I, I, I'm, I'm expecting a, some young people to be encouraged and, and stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost within them. And if they don't have the Holy Ghost, they can get the Holy Ghost. Yes. Amen. Brother Dethridge is coming. He's in Texas now. He's coming. Sister Dethridge is already here. She's excited. Amen. And uh, we're just going to have a good time. They're going to be with us this weekend. And my goodness, we're going to have a great time. And the Holy Ghost, Amen. <clears throat> praise God. Amen. And we've been having a good time around here. Yes. Amen. And uh, I think God's having a good time. Amen. Because God loves our praise and our worship. Yes, he does. He loves it when we congregate together. And Amen. Worship Amen. together. Yes. Praise him together. And yes. Worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. Praise God. And so we're going to, man, I, I want to preach and teach this. I, it's one of the sugar sticks, I guess. I, there's a lot of subjects. I love Acts 2.38. And I, I love preaching about faith. I love preaching about prayer. I love preaching about praise. Don't you love to praise the Lord? And I love to talk about worshiping God love to preach on these things and I've preached on not too long ago I've, I preached on worship and uh, but we are and it feels like it's been a long time I had to look at my notes March the 3rd it was a month ago that the last I preached a message from this series that I've kind of stumbling through a little bit because I have brother Hopkins was a greater Bakersfield and he's preached the last couple Wednesday nights and my he blessed us tremendously some of the best messages I've heard from two weeks ago on hearing Hear, O Israel. Hear, hearken, listen to the voice of God. It's powerful. So enjoyed their ministry. and um, God is good. <clears throat> so we're going to go back to the book of Joshua chapter 4 just to launch from here. Again, I feel so good in my spirit right now. I, was saying I, could, I could sing. And my wife and I were talking. They're going to, she's doing children's choir practice kids and them in the back. But we were talking about one of these services soon we're gonna we're just gonna do all hymnal songs the whole service is just songbook songs and uh man i could just i was always man, we ought to start it tonight when they start singing hymnal songbook songs i'm like these are good this is it's where the rubber meets the road in pentecost i mean i cut my teeth growing up on pews and songbook songs i remember people they you come in they'd be First thing they'd do when they walked in the house of the church, man, they'd come in, they'd grab a songbook. Many people brought their own songbooks. Brother Shockley, you probably remember these. Man, people, man, they brought their own songbook to church. They'd go home singing these hymnals. They didn't just sing it at church. They sing everywhere. You know what? That's 
anybody else like that? I don't just sing at church. I sing all over the place. They may not like it, but... When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that'll be. Or joy unspeakable. A while back I was thinking, I'm going to take a trip in that good old gospel ship. Going far beyond the sky. See, don't get me started. Don't encourage me. Don't encourage me. Amen. Praise God. Knows Brother Bryson stopped playing. That's it. <laughs> he thinks he's subtle sometimes. <laughs> Joshua chapter 4, verse number 4. We won't read the whole passage here. We started just a couple of verses. Then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan. And take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? What's the big deal with these twelve stones? And then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Amen. And I want to take a few minutes and talk about one of what I'm calling 12 stones. It's funny, I was on the phone today with Brother Clint, and he was sharing how awesome Monday Night Foundations class, Brother Nichols did a tremendous job about prayer. Amen. Amen. How it was so good. And prayer is one of the stones we hit a couple weeks ago. And tonight we're going to hit on another one that, that is, we were talking about, it is absolutely imperative that we understand we have a foundation of what we believe and why we believe what we believe. And so I've been taking a little bit of time and going over what I think are some absolutely key foundational stones of what makes us apostolic Pentecost saints of God. And tonight we're going to talk about worship. I thought I could get through a couple weeks ago praise and worship. There was no way. We didn't get through all of praise. But God moved, and I want God to move again tonight. I need the Lord to speak to me and through me, don't you? Amen. Amen. Would you help me pray that God will talk to us and minister in this house tonight? God, we give you glory and praise. God, your word is forever settled. Your word is already anointed. God, I pray you would anoint my mind, my heart, my soul, my lips of clay. God, I pray the unction of the Holy Ghost would move upon and through me. God, speak to us in the name of Jesus. Give us ears to hear what thus saith the word of God tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Everybody shout worship. worship. How many love to worship? Amen. Amen. I said a minute ago, I think it is absolutely, I believe, it is absolutely imperative, again, that, that uh, we understand what we believe and why we believe what we believe. 
It is eternally essential that our children and our babes in Christ, they may not be young in age, but they might be young in living for the Lord, and that they, that they understand the significance of, of our foundational doctrine, of our foundational beliefs. And Brother Nichols has just been uh, doing a tremendous job in teaching the foundations class. And, and there's, you can't substitute understanding of the word of, or word of God. Amen. For the word is what we stand upon. And it's in times, uh, rough times and difficult times, Sometimes the only thing, sometimes the only thing I have to hold on to is a word from the Lord. Amen. There's times where I cling to a verse that just God speaks to my, speaks to my spirit or breathes in my spirit. He, he, he brings to remembrance a, a word, a, a verse, and it is in the right time, in the right place. And that's, that's a word from, I, I, that is so imperative that I understand scripture and that I, that his word is a lamp unto my feet, light unto my path. And like David, I can hide it in my heart to help me so that I don't sin and fall. Amen. And so here in our text, Joshua takes 12 stones out and he places them and he's at Gilgal, the circle of stones is what that means. And it's a memorial. And so I, I'm using that concept as there are some absolutely essential stones of truth that we need to understand. And so we talked about already in the last two months, the first stone, I believe, is having the revelation of who Jesus is, believing that Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. There's still one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and we need to first believe. And you got to believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Belief in itself will not save anybody, but it is the absolute first step or first stone to salvation. You say, well, I believe I'll accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Belief in itself won't save anybody, but it will lead you into salvation. It is opening the door that you can move into a walk with the Lord. You don't believe that the Word of God is the Word of God and that it's the infallible Word of God, then, then you, why go any further? We don't really have a whole lot to talk about because you got to believe that Jesus is, and that there is a God, and that God loves you, and that He has a word for us. And so that was the first one, belief, the revelation of who Jesus is. I mean, the, the devils believe and tremble. They ain't going to heaven. So just saying, I accept God for who He is. And if you think about that, there's a lot of churches that, that preach a lie, and some of them don't even know they're teaching and preaching a lie, because it is, it, it, it's a lie from the pit of hell, false doctrine, from the spirit of really anti-Christ. Because it's a way to get away from Christ, and it's a way to just, you accept God. And this is how arrogant it is. I'll accept God for who He is. Who are we to try to accept Him? Romans 12, I used it as a text the other day. But I was focused on verse number 2. But I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of Christ, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. It's, we submit to Him. It's not like we want God to submit to us. A lot of people want God to do that. God, would you do this? God, I need you to do this. God, we, we, we talk to God like He's an errand boy. We don't really understand who we're talking to. You need to understand who Jesus is. Man, I could preach on that again. I got a lot to go over, but I better, I better just move. We talk about belief. That's the first one. We talk about repentance. You have to repent. One of the stones of baptism in Jesus' name. Thankful Brother Frank was baptized in Jesus' name. He works UPS. He's probably going to listen into this tomorrow. God bless you, Brother Frank. We love you. 
We're praying for you. A couple weeks ago, Brother Frank came, and uh, he works at UPS. He's up at Fraser Mountain and Pine Mountain, and so he, he only caught the last, what, 10 minutes of service, and we were talking, did a little Bible study right up here after a Wednesday night service. Most people had already gone. He's wanted to get baptized. What doth hinder me? We filled it up, waited to fill it up. He got baptized in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All his sins are washed away. Last Wednesday night, he couldn't make it. So he went to Brother Sogi's church up in Fraser, Mar uh, Fraser Park, Fraser Mountain, Fra whatever it is up there, Pine Mountain, Fraser Park. I'm getting them flipped. Walked in. They had a good church. You know, you can get the Holy Ghost anywhere. He's praising and worshiping God. Brother Sogi sent me an email the next day. He said, me and about six other people, we listened to him speak in tongues for about three to five minutes. Frank didn't even know he was speaking in tongues. He was so intense on praising God. He started speaking in tongues. He didn't even realize it. He was... Amen. That's what it's about. I don't care where you get baptized or where Harper gets so She got the Holy Ghost Sunday. That's awesome. That's one of the, that's one of the stars. Repentance and baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost. I'm still, I'm still trying to get through this. I, gotta, I get so excited what God's doing. We talked about tithe, the first tent, the very first high priest, the first example of tithe. Abraham paid tithe. Melchizedek, who was the king, and he was the high priest. There's a little example there, a little type and shadow there. He gave wine, bread and wine, communion, and Abraham gave, him, gave the tithe, first tent. You want communion with God, you have to enter into a covenant. Well, hey. oh, mm -hmm. You already preached that, Pastor. Just move on. When we talked about prayer, preached on prayer is a solemn request for help. <laughs> it can be an expression of thanksgiving, of praise. Brother Nichols, I think, talked about prayer Monday night at Foundations. Prayer and fasting is absolutely essential. And then a couple weeks ago, we, we talked about praise and the different words that were used in praise. Halal is the most, probably the most used and translated halal. Also the word, another was hallelujah. It's, the root word is halal. And I love to praise God, don't you? Amen. Amen. And that brings us to, now Brother, Brother Bryson's not even in here. I was going to tell him. This is when the clock really should start. Because now I just, there he is. I know you're, I, I looked over there and he's like, hello. So the clock can officially start now because now we're to worship. Amen. Worship is, the word worship in the King James, in the English Bible, <clears throat> you know, the Old Testament is Hebrew and New Testament is, is in the Greek. And it was translated into English from the Hebrew and then from the Greek in the New Testament. But so we get two words. Literally, they, they basically mean the exact same thing. In the Old Testament, shakah means to bow down, to humble, to pay or give homage to, to reverence, to be obedient. And then in the Greek, it means proskunio is the word in the Greek, proskunio. But it literally means, you ready? The same thing. <laughs> Do 
Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. The, the, the word shakai literally means to bow down, to give homage to. It's, there is a, to worship God, you have to humble yourself. I'm not worshiping God until I humble myself. Until I submit my will to His will, I'm really not worshiping. Oh, you can pray. There's all kinds of people that can. Funny thing is, is worship is on a higher level. It's on a hierarchy of praise. But the only way to get up to the higher level is to lower ourselves. Oh, man. There's so many things right now bouncing around this little brain. I need to humble myself. What literally means to prostrate. Shaka literally means to prostrate, to bow down, to come before God, and to lay or bow down and submit. That's worship. It's, it's the lower I can get, the higher I get with Him. The only way I can get up to His presence, up to His level, is to humble myself before the King. Amen. I don't, I, I, the older I get, the harder it is to get down there sometimes. Well, it's actually not so hard to get down there. It's just harder to get back up. You get a witness in the house? Psalms 95 and 6, oh, come, let us worship and bow down. And let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. I like that shirt that says, I stand for the flag and I kneel for God. Exodus 34, 14, for thou shalt worship no other God. Who do you submit yourself to? Who do you idolize? Hopefully God and Him alone. For thou shalt worship no other God. Verse 14, for the, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. God is jealous for your worship. He doesn't want you worshiping anything else but Him alone. We were created to worship. Psalms 29 and 2. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. In the beauty of holiness. I know the ladies in the Bible say they've been talking about holiness. And we're going to get to holiness on another night. But holiness is a form of worship. You, 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 got, you really can't have one without the other. Because holiness is being holy, hallowed, consecrated, dedicated. It is a sacred place. In this context, it's saying worship the Lord in the beauty of a sacred place. When you worship God, this is between you and God. It's a holy, sacred place. Amen. Psalms 9 and 5. Exalt ye the Lord. You ready? Exalt ye the Lord. Give, get, exalt means to lift up. Can we agree on that? And worship at His footstool. Again, the way to get up in His presence is to get below His feet. 
It says worship at his footstool, saying, God, you're the one true God. You have all power, and I am nothing without you. I'm everything with you, but without, I'm nothing without you. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. When we humble and submit ourselves, we put ourselves under his feet. I was sharing with somebody at work this week. I said, I'd rather fall on the rock than the rock fall on me. I'd rather worship at the footstool and instead of the footstool have to fall on me. I got I to gotta, I gotta go. Deuteronomy 8 19. And it shall be if thou do it all, forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods. Basically, you're worshiping other gods. And serve them. So let me, let me connect to something. In the Old Testament, Shekah often is, is worship, but could also mean service. Worship and service unto the Lord are synonymous. I've had people say, I want, I want to serve in the kingdom. When you serve, some of you are going to be serving at YCC. You're going to be cooking food, making food, taking care of parking. Some of you setting up tables, setting up chairs. When you're doing it unto the Lord, that is a form of worship. Because you are serving God. Musicians, singers, you're involved in ministry. You're serving it. It's not, it's not to lift us up, but we're trying to help create an atmosphere that the Lord can be exalted. The Lord can be lifted up. When we all sing together and worship together and we gather together, there's together. We talked about Sunday night. When we come together to worship Him, He's lifted up. And guess what? He draws us. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. Service and worship are synonymous. And I've told people, say, well, you know, they come to church and maybe they transfer from another church or they, they get the Holy Ghost for the first time. There are some things that, that they're not probably going to just jump right in in this service. Somebody gets the Holy Ghost this, this Friday night, they're probably not preaching Sunday morning. Especially if they're brand new. <laughs> right? But there's something, we'll find them something. They, there's a way they can serve God in some form, some fashion. There's something they can do for the kingdom. Get involved in outreach. Give a Bible study. You say, I, I don't know what I can do. You, we can worship, we can exalt the Lord, but anything we do in service is a form of worship. Can you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, unto God, which is your reasonable service? That's a form of worship. Daniel chapter 3, I love this story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar says, you're going to worship this image, this golden image that I've put up before you. And, and if you don't, you're going to be thrown in the fire. You know the story. And they answered, they said, if it be so, our God whom we serve, be able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, that's that, you've got to have that kind of an attitude. But if not, sometimes God will, sometimes God won't. doesn't matter. I'm still going to worship and serve him. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Yet will I serve him. I'm going to worship God and him alone. They said, O king, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. The end of the story is, King Nebuchadnezzar goes, hey, I, there's an angel that was in, there, in the fire with them. And he said there was an angel. And at the end, he said, and by the way, nobody is going to persecute you or ridicule you for worshiping the one true God. 
And the king, Bible says you read, read he, the king made a decree. Nobody mess with the people of God, for their God is the one true God. Amazing how someone's worship can affect the worship of a pagan. Talk about a conversion. That image was probably the image of, image of himself. He was worshiping himself, but when he saw, he knew he couldn't walk in the fire and save him. God could. That was a wake-up call in Nebuchadnezzar. Hey, we're not going to worship any other god but the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they, they sang a song tonight. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. C.S. Lewis described worship, famous author. In worship, we enter, we touch, and are touched by the presence of God himself. We have been created to live like that. Did you, did you catch that, what, what C.S. Lewis was saying? He said, in worship, we enter, we touch, and are touched by the presence of God himself. Three Hebrew children, they fellowshiped with an angel in the fire because of their worship. I don't care what you're going through. If you can put, bring yourself to submit to the will of God and obey God and, and worship Him, even in your darkest hour, you'll be able to touch Him and His presence will be able to touch you. Oh, I come to preach tonight on this thought when I worship that is a prime atmosphere that I can touch the hem of his garment when I worship that gives God an opportunity to reach back and also touch me don't criticize someone's worship they're trying to touch the hem of his garment don't ever criticize somebody worshiping God they're trying to touch him and they want him to touch them for it is in our worship that we enter and we touch and are touched by the presence of God. See, Jesus, he said in John 4, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh or desires such to worship him. God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. In truth, the only way to fellowship God and to really get a touch is through worship. Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Worship, you see, always gets God's attention. In Matthew chapter 15, we find the story where the Canaanite woman came out of the coast and cried unto him, Have mercy on me. O Lord, thou son of David, for my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered, Jesus answered her, not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 25, Then came she. She already came asking, but when she didn't get an answer, when she didn't get the touch for her daughter that she needed so desperately, she comes again. 
Then came she. She's already come out. She's already come in faith. She's already come and asked and she's pleading. And Jesus and the disciples are ignoring her. But then came she and worshiped him. Because he can always be found. He, he likes to reach out and touch somebody in an atmosphere of worship. It didn't really dawn on me, but I think it was the same weekend that, that there was such a powerful move of worship. I found my nose in the carpet. But I think it's the same weekend that there were others just finding a place of worship. And that's also, I believe, I think it's the same weekend that Audrey Sist was, was removed. And, 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 and the growth right here it was, was removed. And, and Sister Jennifer had a hernia problem. It was removed and healed. And why? Because there were some people that came and said, I'm going to worship God. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. And she said, but here's the cool thing, the dog's at the footstool. The dog is, is the one that's down here. Unless you've got a dog like Brother Johnson, he'll stand up on back legs and look you eye to eye. All right, we got three little dogs. They're the football kind of dogs. You kick them like a football across the room, praise God. They're always around your feet. Well, she knew where to find Jesus, at the footstool. Even the dogs eat the crumbs. You know where our, our dogs go? Well, when they get out of their crate, they usually go right below Hudson's uh, high chair because they know that's where all the crumbs are falling. They know who's feeding them. Hudson. He'll get fries, and when he's done, when he's done, And the dogs, they can smile. They be. We know it's great. Since Hudson, we know how to worry about the dogs around our feet as long as he's in his high chair. This lady understood where to go. You know where I'm going to go? I'm going to go under the feet that feeds me. How do I get there? I worship at his footstool. Oh, my. I, this is helping me right now. I don't know if it's helping you. I just need to get to his footstool. I just need to find a place to worship below his feet and say, God, I love you. I worship you. You're great. I magnify you. I humble myself. I submit myself. I'm obedient. I live holy. Whatever, God, I want to be at your feet. She said, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She found her place of worship at his feet. One lady comes and she washes Jesus' feet, anoints him for burial, washes her feet with her tears and her hair. And, and he said this is a memorial of her worship. Wherever this message is preached, this will be a memorial unto her. You'll never touch him as impactfully as when you worship him. Can never touch God like I need to touch Him, and I can't get a touch from Him like I need Him to touch me. 
until I get to a place of worship. And when you need something so desperately, and you're determined, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dedicate and consecrate myself and submit myself and humble myself and get to the place of worship. I don't care who calls me a dog. I don't care who looks down their nose at me. I'm trying to touch the hem of his garment. The lady, I'm, I'm fast forwarding a little bit in my nose, but the lady with the issue of blood for 12 years, you know the story. He's on the way to heal a 12-year-old girl, Jairus' daughter. He's on the way to go heal her, and she presses through the crowd with her issue of blood and for, for 12 years, and she touches the hem of his, where's the hem? It's the hem that's down here, the four corners with the name of God on them. What was she doing? If I can just worship him, all I need is a crumb. All I need is to get into his presence. All I just, man, just, just one crumb from the master's table and I'll be healed. How do I get there? I'm going to have to get down on my hands and knees. I'm going to have to submit. I'm going to have to press through some things. I'm going to have to get through some things in my life, some situations, some problems that I'm facing. I'm going to have to press through the crowd. I'm going to have to submit myself. If I can just get a hold of God and worship, He'll touch me. And that one that was unclean touched the one that was clean. And when something that was unclean touched something that which was clean, that which was clean became unclean. But his virtue is so perfect, he didn't become unclean. She became clean. He touched me. Jesus, everybody's touching you. No, 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 no. Everybody's touching you. Everybody just came out to see all you crazy Pentecostals jumping and shouting. Everybody just came out to watch the show. But there's one in this crowd that came to, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There's somebody here tonight that came to worship me. Some people came just to see the, the, the signs and the wonders. Some people just came to hear the cool songs that y'all sing. Some people just came. Some people came just to see who else was going to. What sister so-and-so shoes? What kind of shoes she going to have on tonight? What kind of purse? Does she have one of them cool purses? Does she get one of them, one of them fancy little dresses from that Instagram or whatever that site is? Danny Jewels. Some people came just to see what somebody else is wearing or what song they're going to sing or who's going who's to be preaching. I wonder if they're going to say something cool tonight. But there's somebody that came. I came to worship him. I came to touch him even on a Wednesday night. I came to press through the crowd. I came to touch the hem of his garment. I need a touch from him. Oh, somebody love him right now. Then she came again at his feet and she worshipped him. And her daughter was made whole. And then the one with the issue of blood came again to the footstool. She humbled herself. She worshipped him. Because you can find, you can touch, and you can be touched.
Anybody come to worship? Anyone need a touch from the Lord? You see, here's what. I don't have time to get through all this. I, could you, could you, you need here, you have a mic? Can I have just a few more minutes? Second Kings chapter 20. We're going to read a couple verses. I'll explain it. We'll see what God wants to do. Verse number one. Go ahead. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. The prophet Isaiah, the son of Amoz, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. He's on his deathbed. Isn't that great when the man of God with full of faith comes and tells you, guess what, you're going to die. Isn't that awesome? Don't you want to have a pastor like that? I just came to your house. Pastor, will you pray for me? Sure, it ain't going to do no good because you're going to die. I, I don't think I've ever walked, gone into the hospital room and went over to pray for somebody and said, well, this ain't going to do any good. you imagine? We laugh because that thing sounds so silly, so ridiculous. But here comes the prophet Isaiah. He comes to Hezekiah. Hezekiah, he's on his deathbed, but he don't know it's his deathbed, but he's really sick. And here comes, here comes Isaiah, who in respect, here comes the man of God. He goes, you're going to die and you ain't going to live. Well, I thought, I thought, come on, not to be funny, but I thought if I died, I ain't living. I, nothing like being a little redundant there, Isaiah. As if he said, you're going to die. He didn't say, he didn't just say, you ain't going to, you're going to die and you ain't going to live. Well, isn't that the same? Go ahead. Uh, keep reading on this great news right here that the man of God's given Hezekiah. Then he turned his face to the wall, prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth. Okay, I walked before thee in truth, worship him in spirit and in truth. Go ahead. And with a perfect heart. Oh. And have done that which is good in thy sight. So he's already, what he's saying here is, I've been worshiping you, God, my life, my whole life. I've worshiped you in spirit and in truth. That's what he's saying. God, I am a worshiper. And I know worshipers can still die. But this generation needs to see an example of a worshiper. And God agreed with him. And it came to pass before Isaiah was gone out into the middle court. That the word of the Lord came to him saying, turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father. I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. You see, God always hears the prayers of a worshiper. Oh, he sees the prayer, the tears of a worshiper. Oh. He sees right where you are, worshiper. He knows what you're going through, worshiper. He hears our prayers, worshiper. When your grandson is sick, he hears the prayers of a worshiper. When your wife has a cyst and they think it might be stage one cancer, he hears the prayers of a worshiper. You 
when you're in the hospital intubated with COVID and nobody else has been able to walk out of the hospital and live, he hears the prayers of a worshiper. When your baby's sick with a temperature, it won't go down. It keeps going up. But your mama lays over and prays the blood scripture. God hears the prayers of a worshiper. Behold, I will heal thee. God heals the worshiper. On the third day, thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. <laughs> I don't have time to go in that. The third day, but go ahead. Keep going. And I will add unto thy days 15 years. And I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. Hezekiah, I'm going to make you an example for everyone else of my power <laughs> and my mercy towards worshipers. And you're going to be an example for 15 more years of what a worshiper looks like, of what a worshiper sounds like, of the victory that I can like to give to worshipers. Not only are you going to live 15 more years, are you ready? But the kingdom, your kingdom is going to be victorious over the enemy. Honey, let me tell somebody tonight. God's saying, hey, I want to give a worshiper some victory. We're going to be overcomers as long as we keep worshiping God. You see, Hezekiah turned himself to the wall in verse number 2. He begins to worship God again and ask and petition through prayer again. God tells Isaiah to turn around. Isaiah, turn around. Because of the prayers of a worshiper, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Because I've heard the prayers of a worshiper. I'm going to reverse course. I'm going to turn the tables. And God says, I changed my mind. <laughs> You're not dying. You're just a little sick. <laughs> you got 15 more years. I'm spitting all over the place. I love this so much. I'm going to give you, I'm changing course. I'm reversing what the doctor said. Isn't he worthy of worship? You would think when the man of God who just said you're going to die. Turns around and says, God just said you're going to have 15 more years. You think that'd be enough. Nope, Hezekiah wants a sign. I'm a worshiper, God, and you give me the promise. I'm a worshiper. I have all the faith in the world in Isaiah, but he could see I was dying. Maybe he just, I want to make sure, God, I want a sign. God, if, if you, because I'm a worshiper, if you're going to reverse, would you really reverse it? What does he ask? Keep going. What does he ask? Go, you can read probably what? 
And Isaiah said, This sign shalt thou have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten degrees, or go back ten degrees? Do you want the sun to go forward in the sky just for you, or do you want it to go back? Hezekiah's older. All his life, he's been, you know, here we go. Back then, you know, here goes the sun. Oh, let me... There's the west. Here comes the sun. Here it goes. Tomorrow, guess what's going to happen? Here comes the sun. Here it goes. Do you want it to go forward a little bit in the sky or to go back? Ooh, good job. Wow, what a good question, Lord. I don't know. What does he say? As the guy answered, it is a light thing for the shadow to go down. It's going to go that way anyway. That's nothing. It's, it's, that's where it's going. Never just say, oh, it was just kind of weird. I blinked and what is something. But. Nay, but let the shadow return backward 10 degrees. Let the sun go back 10 degrees. And I know <laughs> that God has heard the prayers of a worshiper. And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backward. What I'm trying to tell somebody tonight is God loves to reverse the shadow for a worshiper. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. Well, for the Holy Ghost right now, I've come to preach this right now. I'm telling somebody tonight in the Holy Ghost, there is a shadow that you are walking under. But because you are, you are a worshiper, God's going to say, I'm going to take it back. I'm going to reverse course. I'm going to take what the doctor said and go, not today. Because this is the day I have made. And if I want to take the sun back, And we all know the science. Science looks back and they go, there's somewhere back in science where it looks like somehow the earth somehow kind of just did something, something weird happened. There it is. And God did that. You know, for thousands of years, the, sun, the, the, the earth's been going like this around the sun. And God said, I will even stop that for a worshiper. You ready? 10 degrees. <laughs> you can't outgive God. Oh. I could preach all that all night, but I won't. Let's stand together. The Bible says in, in, in Luke chapter 7, I'm closing in Luke chapter 17. Obviously, we're up closing because y'all standing. The Bible, the Bible talks about Jesus comes to the city and there's ten lepers. And there's been some good revelation. You got some good revelation. The Samaritan didn't have a priest. He comes back to Jesus. That's powerful. That was Brother Nichols' revelation right there. Shared well, probably a year or two ago now. It's been a while. Ten lepers. Jesus, have mercy on us, right? Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. <clears throat> okay, 
They're on their way to go show themselves to the priest, Luke 17. And on the way, they realize leprosy's gone. We're clean. One, the Samaritan says, I, I'm going to go back to the one who healed me. And whereas they had cried for mercy from afar, because of a thankful and worshipful heart, he comes back. And we find the tenth, the one of ten that, that, that came back. And Jesus says, where's the nine? But there was one that came back, to, the Bible says, to pray, to thank and worship him. Jesus says in verse 17 of chapter 17, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Well, Jesus, you told them to go show them themselves to the priest. Yeah, but as they journeyed, they were clean. Don't they? At least they come back and say thank you. At least they come back and worship the one who made it happen. There are not found that return to give glory to God, worship, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. We, we, we focus on the faith, and that's important. We focus on the thanksgiving, that's important. Let me focus on another word. He says, Arise. Arise. What that tells me is that the leper that came back to Jesus Worshiping Brother Nichols. I'm using him as an example. and fingers, he, he had fingers. You see here, worship. You can always tell two worshipers in the house of God. They may have scars, but they're whole. They may have marks on their body, their home. They may have gone through some hurts and pains and lost some things in life, but God restored because He's a restorer of the worshiper. I just feel like so. Maybe this is just for me. God restore. David said, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. 
Cast me not away from thy presence and restore the joy of thy salvation. He was a worshiper. I don't have time to get into it. I was going to go to Samuel where, where Saul was defiant. He was disobedient. And he, he disobeyed and he didn't kill the Amalekites. And King Agag, King Agag was there. And then Samuel had to hew him. And then, 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 oh, but the people, and I heard the voice of the people. And he had all these excuses. And then he decided to try to worship too late. David failed, but he never stopped being a worshiper. That's why David, who did horrible things, maybe even in our eyes, probably worse than Saul, and yet David was always a worshiper. And there's always room at the feet. Oh, Jesus. There's always room at the God always has room in His house for worshipers. For the Jew or the Greek or the Gentile, the Samaritan, the one raised in church or the one out of church, the backslider, the one that's the new convert, there's always room for worshipers. I wonder, I know I've gone late and I'll, I'll apologize. I, just, I know I've gone late, but I just want to... Is there anyone that just wants to find a place, maybe to stand or kneel and just worship the Lord for a moment? God always, He always hears, He always sees the, the cry, the prayers of a worshiper. You can touch Him and He can touch you in your worship. If you come to the footstool of the Lord, if you'll submit yourself and bow yourself at the feet of Jesus. If you'll just begin to exalt Him and humble self. Worship. God's going to breathe wholeness in this house right now.